everybody, and welcome to podcast number 15 of The Real Estate Show. And with me is Judy Steenland. She is a rock star, a friend, and I'm telling you, a sage in this real estate market. So I'm always glad to be with you, Judy. Thank you. We have a lot of fun together, too. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's been a week or so. We have a lot of fun imitating my mom's accent, her southern accent, because it's really hard to just call you Judy, because normally <laughs> when we talk to each other, it's like, Judy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's so fun. That's awesome. But, you know, um, I think that on this podcast, we're going to obviously kind of rehash a few of the stats that we have, but I think also stories. People are loving the stories mm-hmm. and the interaction of the life that we're living in real estate. And I think we have a few interesting things to share just for our updates. Yeah, real life war stories. Real life war stories. So um, everybody just uh, get comfortable and sit back and listen to this. So right now, um, we don't have the updated stats for June as we shoot this podcast. We are just at the turning point of July. Um, So we're almost at the very end of June, but we have not seen the June stats. And the May stats, um, we were at 489 for the average home price. I'm very interested to see, I predict that the average home price for June will have gone up close to another $8,000 again. I don't know if that's true, mm-hmm. but I predict it might be just under 500 for the average home price. So it might be at, at like 497 or something like that. Yeah. Well, and we keep hearing we're outpacing the Denver market on the rate that um, our, our properties are increasing. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be rounding out at 500 as our average. Very interesting. And as you talk about the Denver market, I was just reading in a statistic that was written by uh, my friend Ben Day that showings in Denver have been reported to be down by 50% right now. Wow. And we do have showings that are down in Colorado Springs. Um, right now, we're down about 25% from the buzz mm-hmm. of where we were. But that does not mean people just please put this in your radar. It does not mean that home prices are falling. Just because of that, we and it doesn't mean that con- all contracts are falling out. Uh, some people do change their minds, of course. But I, I just went on statistically and looked as we were talking through this, right? And we're at about a 5% fallout rate of homes that are back on the market from falling out 5% compared to the under contract and pending that are out there. Right. So there's not as much fallout as people might think. Yeah. I I think that we were seeing and hearing some buzz about fallout and the emotional part to this buying process and selling process that there were some there were concerns because buyers were getting into this whole bidding, you know, it's like kind of like an eBay bidding war. It's like, I, I'm not going to go above this number. Yes. And, okay, I'm going to go 5,000 more or, you know, so they were they were investing and they were so emotional about the process. And then the sellers on the other side of that, you know, were have this expectation that this is what the market is dictating and therefore we want this number, but we're not going to do repairs. Mm-hmm. And the buyers on the other hand are thinking, well, I'm making this huge um overage on my offer. So I'm going to ask for the world. And then there was that. Um, But yeah, when you look at the actual numbers of fallout, 5% is low. 
I will say though, Judy, you've had a personal experience where that statistic would not have shown up on one of your closings that you just had. That's right. That's right. Um, the house went under contract, and that exact scenario happened. Um, the buyers went a hundred thousand dollars, or the initial buyers went a hundred thousand dollars over. Mm-hmm. Probably asked for a hundred thousand dollars in. Um, repairs and upgrades and things of that nature. And the seller was like, no way. Um, And then we got the call because we were next in line and our buyers ended up going under contract close to that number. Um, So it never reported as back on the market. That's right. So those that 5% could be skewed to a degree because there's enough backup back up buyers out there right because as listing agents you have when you have 10 great offers instead of going back on the market and into the showing arena again you just start calling down the list i mean that's part of this you know the intensity of what's going on but the good news about this judy is that this was the only home that your buyers were super attracted to the only one only house and that's in the last in the last year because they've been watching from a distance every day on the alerts so here's the good news if you don't make it um under contract on the home that you were hoping so hard to get i mean it's a small chance but things do work out for the best they tend to work out that's right still make your highest and best offer make you put your best foot forward and you might get that call you may get the call and that's what you were in the perfect position because you wrote such a great offer you were so strong in that you listened and you had a great relationship with the listing agent of this property which even grew more you know complete through the process right it does take teamwork on all parts because there are some challenges when you know unexpected um, major repairs come up and Mm -hmm. I mean just getting everyone on the same page um, it it does take teamwork it's a delicate dance it is and you did your due diligence with them you fought hard and it worked out and so that's the beauty and they closed this week and this really was a dream home it is beautiful i'm so excited for them they're they're ecstatic so i love it Yeah, yeah i love that so much and you know it just so so with that said and people are asking me right now and they're they're asking you because we're kind of getting into the later part of summer as July hits, or it's not really late summer, actually, if we look at it and, and, and as far as the timing of the year, but it feels like July to me in the real estate market feels like late summer, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It does, because what we see is that huge push for people to move um, during the summer. So they start looking at the end of the school year. And so there's that big, that big push early on. But right now, what we're seeing here in Colorado Springs is just a lot of people taking advantage of all of the outdoor amenities and, mm-hmm. and just, I mean, it's beautiful right now. And so it almost feels like we've had that little bit of softening, yes. um, which we're seeing even some more alerts come through. We were just talking about that. Um, I've got some folks that are coming in from California and their alerts, while it was really quiet for a bit, we're seeing more houses hit the market in the last week. So there are more houses and there's maybe 25% less showings, mm-hmm. but those homes are still selling. And right, well, the last stats that we have on record, we don't have June's yet, but the May stats are 0.38 months. Mm-hmm. That's the average inventory supply right now. 
So please understand, when we say we have more homes, we still have a historically low supply. But that supply is, we still have homes coming. Mm -hmm. We have more than we did. And those homes are coming and they're selling still. They may not sell with 15 offers. They may sell with five. Um, but we're still seeing, from my experience listing a property, still a lot of cash buyers, still a lot of homes that are going for over uh, list price. Yes. So that's what's happening. I, um, I have such an interesting story for my war story of the week, for my sweet sellers, that something came up on their title commitment after we got under contract. Mm. This is a very interesting story. And um, I won't go into all the details. I will not name the company that did this. But, um, you know, the title commitment is what issues the it, it's it's a commitment to issue clear title from a merchantable title from the seller to the buyer of the property. And in this situation, what came up was something that the seller had no clue about. Mm -hmm. There was a deed of trust. Um, and then there was a second recorded deed of trust against the property for $200,000. And both of them were notarized. Both, both of these deed of trust, the title examiner has to see what loans are against the house. Mm -hmm. Well, two came up. Both of them notarized. Both of them recorded. Both of them, you know, signed by it looked like the seller. Mm -hmm. But we discussing that second deed of trust with the seller because they said, we have no clue what you're talking about. We were like, well, did you forget you refinanced your home? Mm -hmm. I mean, at first it was like, this is probably a refinance that maybe they just didn't realize they did. Mm. Well, they called the mortgage company that they pay their loan to. And that mortgage company was the, the first deed of trust. Mm -hmm. It was the loan taken out in 2016 or 2012. But there was a second deed of trust in 2016 that was taken out. There was somebody going door to door trying to refinance vulnerable people. I, I wouldn't say vulnerable, but just people at that time. Mm -hmm. And the seller met with them but said no. They didn't actually go forward with the process. They never signed any documents. There was a deed of trust with a forged signature submitted to El Paso County. Wow from a company that is a huge national company. It says their name on it. And it was a falsified document. Wow. So it pays to have, you know, a great title company and an agent to help get through that process. Because um, in the end, the title examiner, when we brought it to their attention, and the seller wrote a great letter by my instruction on the fact that they had never paid for this, never mm -hmm. paid on this, wasn't aware of it. The title examiner finally said, you're right. This, the two signatures, even though they're close, they don't match. Mm -hmm. And there is no information about this loan that they could find in any other places as far as an active loan. So it was dismissed on the title commitment. Mm -hmm. If we didn't get that dismissed, we would have had a glitch to get this property closed. Right. And those kind of glitches can take a long, it can draw the process out. And many buyers are not going to wait and possibly miss out on another property if that's, right. if that's the case. So it sure pays to be with people that are going to help you through that process. As far as agents and Sage, this, is, this was the first time that our closer of 20 something years um, she's been in the business and that I've seen anything like that happen on a title commitment. But knowing how to navigate through that, boy, it's key. 
It is key. You know, that reminds me too of so many stories we hear, you know, even through COVID, but even prior to that with uh, data breaches and whatnot, um, that more people are seeing this, um, this, this hostile, um, attempt to take their, their, their information. So we're seeing Mm -hmm. that, um, people that are closing on their homes, people are infiltrating their emails, they're giving them false wiring instructions, and then they're sending their life savings to, to buy their home. And it's going to some unknown account. And when the money's gone, it's gone. That's right. Well, this is too important to not talk about in our next podcast. Yeah. I think we should cross over we should. into this. Yes. I know. I kind of went so off on good. a tangent no, there, this but is so it reminded important. me of that. It totally ties in. Yeah. So let's talk about that. We'll we'll start with that on the next one. Yeah. And until then, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We want to bring you sage real estate advice. We want to be here for you as a guide in this real estate market. So thank you so much, Judy, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.